Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to the Around the 412 Fantasy Football Show. As always, brought to you by Keats Barbershop, located in East Rochester, PA. As always, I am Smitty, and as always with me is Joe. What's going on, Joe? Hey, what's up, man? It's championship week. Let's make some money. It is championship week. Um, it's just the two of us this week, and people that are watching or listening to the show are going to quickly realize that. Uh, we don't have Drew with us. It is not my business to to put that out there or divulge into the reason that he is not with us this week. We hope that he is back next week. And uh, all I will say about the situation is if you are somebody that prays, please do so for him and Zayna, and they will be in our thoughts, and we hope that they're in everybody's thoughts. Uh, without giving too much information, that's all I'll say about it. Um, but we are very hopeful that he'll be back with us next week to kind of recap the season. And for those dynasty players, of course, start highlighting some rookies that you might want to tout or, you know, guys that you should hang on to, maybe some sell high guys. We'll get into that stuff. But like you said, it's championship week. There's still going to be people playing for championships while I might not be one of them. Uh-huh. Um, nope. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this week is semis for Chad. Oh, don't of course don't it love is. that. Um, <laughs> But there, there's some significant – so this is where immediately you guys are going to be missing Drew because we're going to talk about the injuries, of course, to kick off the show, um, and that is normally Drew's forte. But uh, we're going to do the best to, to cover that. Uh, some pretty significant ones that we're going to kick off with. Derrick Henry, like 20 minutes before we started the show, uh, comes out that he's doubtful for tomorrow night's game. The Titans are basically treating Week 17 like a team that has everything locked up wood in Week 18. Um, because their season is basically going to be defined by what they do in week 18 against the Jaguars in a winner-take-division game. Yeah. So you can see by their injury report and who's going to be inactive for them that that's how they are treating it. But um, from a fantasy standpoint, to be in your championship or in Chad's case, the semifinals, if you have Derrick Henry on your roster, I mean, that is very unfortunate. Um, oh, for sure. I, He's been a staple for people all year. Um, he started a little bit slow. People are like, is the wheels yep. finally falling off? And he's been fantastic. So it's a it's a tough sled um hopefully there's people on your waiver wire um but i mean running back's been slim pickings all year so like i don't really know how you yeah how you how you swing that yeah we were talking about you know hassan haskins probably the leading candidate to to lead the the backfield and touches there for tennessee um but i don't know that i, I wouldn't really feel comfortable about, about playing him somebody we're going to talk about when we get to tinder and i don't know that a guy like this is necessarily still out there but for some reason like say somebody hasn't grabbed cam Akers, or you were smart enough to do so after that performance right away i mean that's somebody that to me probably has rb2 upside this week um scrolling across the bottom you're going to see the rb rb rankings for this week and while derrick henry might be in there um if i were redoing that i would take him out move everybody up a spot and probably put cam Akers in there at the back end so he's somebody that i like as like an rb2 play this week um you're gonna have to find you know somebody somewhere i just i don't know that hassan haskins is necessarily the answer there well it's crazy because cam Akers coming into this season he was like a fourth round pick completely just like huge bust candidate throughout the year in the last three weeks like he's exploded he had three touchdowns um in this most recent game with all the injuries that they've had at the quarterback position at the receiver position they've really turned into a very run-heavy offense, um, and mm-hmm. he's benefited heavily from it. I know early in the season, um, Drew was talking about he just doesn't look healthy when he's running the ball. He still lacks that explosiveness. Everybody was pointing to, like, oh, look how different, like, an Achilles recovery for, say, like, someone like James Robinson at the beginning of the year when he was thriving, um, where it was like Cam Akers, like, he just didn't have that, but he's gotten increased workload these last couple of weeks and he's really turned it around he's been a top five running back kind of out of nowhere really yeah 
And good point by Chad here as well. Like if Dontrell Hilliard was healthy, I think that he might be a serviceable play this week. Uh, yeah. Should he have been the leading back for a week? But yeah, very unfortunate situation for Derrick Henry owners and the Titans. Uh, I mean, hopefully it is just a thing like they're looking at it, looking forward to week 18 and Henry would have been able to go if this was like a must win game for them. But um, yeah, pretty clear how they're treating this when you look at the rest of the injury report as well. Um, another scary one, and this is, you know, just from like a real life perspective as well. Like forget fantasy football for a second. Forget football itself for a second. Tua Tugvailoa suffering a third concussion this season. And now concussions, like Drew preaches this all the time, nonlinear, you know, not like concussion doesn't equal concussion. Somebody could suffer a concussion. Somebody else could suffer a concussion. They don't necessarily all affect people the same way um you can wake up the next day and have no symptoms but like with, with the way that we've seen to uh, respond to them with the ones that we've seen him suffer um you know the fight or flight response that we saw him a midfield you know with his fingers and stuff like that like this is obviously very concerning it's a very scary situation for him um but for, to suffer three within you know when would, would he even suffer that first one i mean we're talking about maybe like three quarters of a season not even the full season since he's had all three um yeah, I, I mean, I, I, it's hard to step back and say, like, even think about this from a football perspective, but we know we're not going to see him this week. Yeah. Best guess, do you think that we see him even week 18? Um, I mean, the human side of me wants to think that they are going to play it safe. Um, I know McDaniels, when asked about it this week, they've already ruled him out. Bridgewater's going to get the start, and they said yeah. that – Tua needs to worry about his health first. Like that was like the sound bite from um, Mike McDaniels. However, the Dolphins are very much in the playoff hunt. Mm -hmm. Losing that game this past week on Christmas Eve, um, that really puts them in a weird spot where they, they need to win some games in order to get into the playoffs. It's terrible to say, but I think that that he will play week 18 if he's needed. And they will preach the, oh, like he's healthy, whatever. Um but yeah, we'll see. To your point, um, week four, he was stretchered off. That was the big one. Week four. Um, okay. Yeah. So that was pretty high in the season. Um, and then uh, let's see. He had the, they haven't listed the second one that he had, but that was a little bit closer into the year. Um, so he said, well, it, it was, it was Buffalo, Cincinnati. Yeah. And this one. So whatever games yeah. those were. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's unfortunate to see. I mean, he's really kind of had like a coming out year, which, if you think back to when he was in Alabama, it was like this guy, QB1, like for sure. Like he comes out of nowhere, leads Alabama in the national championship game off the bench, kind of usurped Jalen Hurts out of his starting role. And now all of a sudden it's like, okay, like was he a bust, this and that? Sure, getting a Tyree kill, Jalen Waddle doesn't hurt. I think me and you could probably put up a couple hundred yards a game passing to those two guys. But um, they really carried the offense to his strengths. And um, he's only in year, in year three. Um, and having this many concussions in one year, it's a, it's a huge concern for him moving forward. Um, hopefully he's able to kind of stay upright and stay away from that, but it's just really unfortunate for him. He's really had a tough string of injuries really dating back to his last season at Alabama between the hip, the concussions, all this different stuff. So, yeah. And I think too, you know, just from that standpoint of saying like being labeled a bust and stuff, I don't think it did him any favors that he was surrounded by Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert in that draft class either. I mean, he comes out pretty much any other year. I don't think he necessarily was labeled that as quickly as he was. Um, ben says he will not be seen again this season. I think they trust Teddy Bridgewater enough that they can let Tua play it safe and still possibly make a playoff run. Listen, I mean, I would I would love for that to be the organization's thought process, but like Joe, I don't think that it will be. 
Um, but I mean, to be seen, we're, we're playing a guessing game right now, which yeah. you know, when we're talking about somebody's health is not the way to go. Um, you know, they're around him every day. They know how, what his response has been to these concussions. Hopefully they do play it safe with him, um, whatever that looks like. Uh, Chad said this does make Willis an even more appetizing DFS play. For me, though, I think I'd put him third behind Purdy and golf for QB punch strategy. Willis, okay, listen, I, not saying he can't get better. I actually really like was on board with a Malik Willis as ter- in terms of like a pro- if you're drafting a project guy, let him sit a year at least um, and, and learn in the NFL. And I wouldn't have hated it. Right now, though, from what I've seen, this is just as a passer because I completely get what he adds on the ground as well. He is the worst starting quarterback that I've ever seen <laughs> as a passer. I, I am not even, that's not like hyperbole. I am being serious. Like, as a passer, I think he's the worst starting quarterback that I've watched back on tape. This is why I don't watch tape too much because then I just get depressed. Yeah, but I understand what he adds with his legs. So maybe there is there's obviously still going to be some fantasy relevancy there. And with, you know, no Derrick Henry, maybe that could even be more so. So I totally get it. But I will say I, I like Purdy and Goff both more for sure because I have both those guys um, ranked within our top 15. Yeah, Golf uh, okay. is a top four play this week. Like, I, yeah. he has a really good matchup. I lost in one of our dynasty leagues because I benched Goff with the matchup against Carolina, and he still balled out. Home game for them, last home game of the year. They've been really good on home territory. Um, so I think Goff's a great play. Purdy, I just saw a stat today that said that um, he has the same amount of 25 yard completions, uh, I think, for touchdowns as Patrick Mahomes. Oh man, what like, what a story this is in San Fran. Yeah. It's unbelievable. I mean, I'm pretty sure that no, anybody I, not, that they have like Shanahan can turn them into like a workable quarterback. Yeah, it sucks because I, I by no means do I want to take anything away from what Brock Purdy is doing, but I think that it's more of an indictment of Kyle Shanahan and that staff his offensive system than it is the, the player Brock Purdy himself, but all, all you know, definitely have to tip the cap to what he's done there because I don't think necessarily like any he can make it work with anybody. Like, I mean, even TBD, we'll see about even Trey Lance. But with what he's getting out of Brock Purdy, just insane cap tip. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, give him a lifetime contract. Like, he... uh, Jared said, how confident are we about Tyler Lockett playing this week? You know, it's I... crazy. He had surgery a week ago on a broken finger. Mm-hmm. He was back today in practice, catching passes, throwing the ball around like, I swear that like football players are not made of the same material that like us normal humans are. So it looks like he said that there was no pain. Like there's like no symptoms of him even having this injury and it's a must win game for them. So I think he is going to play. Obviously they have a tough matchup against the jets looking at the jet stats in the last three weeks against wide receivers. Um, they've been a pretty tough matchup. So they've only given up 20.3 points per game. Um, so I would probably lean towards trying to find other options this week against the jets. Um, I don't know if you know how they utilize the players at all, but from what I've seen in the jets this year, sauce Gardner is not like the shadow type of guy. Well, he stays on the DJ, left side of the field. Yeah. Um, yeah, so DJ I mean, Reed, the other corner graded out as the best corner in football right. last season when he was with Seattle. So yeah. So him and Reed, they're just like, <laughs> we're cool with these guys. They play on their the side of the field. They're going to be on. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel very nervous about Metcalf and Lockett. Um, I think with Lockett, especially, um, you kind of have the the dump off kind of upside in a PPR format. 
Um, whereas DK, like he gets the targets, um, but more of like your big play guy. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would probably be leaning other options. Um, if you can, I wouldn't start someone off like waivers for one of those two guys, but if you you're in the championship, you probably have some good pieces. So I don't think that they're a lock for my lineup. It just really depends on what you have available to you. Yeah, I ranked Metcalf this week. I did not rank Lockett um, for the reason you're saying. I think they, they have been as good as they've been. They've been susceptible to the every now and then big play. And I think mm-hmm. if there's a guy that's going to make that in Seattle, it's going to be DK Metcalf. So I tend to lean like him if you are going to have to play one of those two. Yeah. Um, I, I don't like Tyler Lockett this week. I mean, finger issue obviously plays into that. I'm surprised he's even playing. We talked about it last week, like thinking, man, with what that is – don't know that he's going to play again on the regular season. Maybe they make right. the season he can come back. But yeah, uh, it sounds like he's going to be out there. So it's ridiculous. Like I thought for sure he was done for the season. Like you just think like, all right, your job is to catch like a fast moving object with a hand, and yep. that hand has broken elements to it. So naturally, you can't do things. They're like, no, nah, you're fine. Um, another quarterback uh, that I wanted to talk about that we've already seen miss a few weeks here is Lamar Jackson. Um, so he didn't practice again today. Um, it is Wednesday, but you know, so I always bring that up just for the reason if guys are going to miss a day of practice, it's typically on a Wednesday, but with him, he's obviously already missed multiple games now in a row with that knee issue. Uh, Harbaugh has been very like low key about what's going on. Yeah. He's been very tight lipped about it for sure. In his press conference, he's given like paragraph long answers to every other question. And then when asked about Lamar, it's, we expect him back this year. Yeah. So who knows what that situation is there, but uh, I mean, in short, I'll just ask bluntly: Do you expect to see him on Sunday night? No, and I don't know if I'd feel good about him playing, even if he was there. I, I just think the Steelers play him well, coming off like with all that rust, like it's going to be a low-scoring three-point game, and somebody will kick a last-minute field goal to win it. Who knows which of the two it'll be. Um, I would keep Lamar Jackson on the bench, even if he did somehow magically get there. Um, they've essentially already clinched a playoff berth, so it doesn't seem like it's necessary for them to do it. Um, even though the Steelers got flexed into the Sunday night game, I don't think that changes anything. I don't think he plays. Yeah, I mean, they're still, I guess, in play for the division with Cincinnati, but like they would know about that prior to game time because right. of Cincinnati were to beat Buffalo, then that's really a non-factor for Baltimore. Um, But, yeah, I I don't think that he ends up playing either. I think that we see uh, the same quarterback matchup that we went into the last game with the Ravens, even though neither quarterback ended up finishing that game. Um, So hopefully, you know, we do see both Pickett and Huntley and uh, both guys are able to finish this time. Um, Chad, going back to the Purdy thing, just said, I'm I'm just going to put him on the screen. Why Why am I not doing that? I'm not so sure it's all Shanahan because Purdy has consistently thrown darts with confidence. And if he went undrafted, he'd probably get more respect than he gets as Mr. Relevant in Iowa State stats back it. I mean, for sure. That's why I say, like, definitely got to tip your cap to what he's doing as well. I'm just saying if there's one situation that I could drop any quarterback into, it is with Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco, especially for a guy just starting his career. I mean, this has been a great spot for Brock Purdy to come into. He's taken it and run with it. Absolutely. But I'm just saying, I think that the the situation that he's been thrust into really couldn't have been better with, with the yeah. offensive staff that he has. And, you know, but he's making it work, like, even without Debo Samuel. Like, he's rejuvenated Kittle, who had a little bit of a lull in his receiving work uh, for a period of time this season as well. So I definitely got to tip your cap to what Brock Purdy's doing as well. Saving my belly button. Love it. 
Um, did you? So obviously we're not through with the injuries yet. But was one of the headlines going to be about Derek Carr being benched at all? Because I don't want to talk about these next um, comments from Chad. I was going to hold off and talk about that there. Um, okay. It's not really injury related, so yeah, I was going to bring that up then. All right. Uh, so we'll just skip past that for now. A couple other injuries to highlight. Um, Jalen Hurts, I guess we could talk about real quick, just because I think when I started doing my rankings yesterday, um, I Nick Sirianni had me in a blender with his comments. Facts. But, uh, yeah, but it, it looks pretty clear like we're going to see another week of Gardner Minshew. Um, there's even some speculation. It's been on both sides of the speculation, like Sirianni throwing out, eh, we'll leave the window open. Jalen could play this week. And then, you know, people saying they're not so sure they're going to get him back even, you know, for the playoffs. Like, it's just all over the map in terms of where Jalen is at right now. Um, So, obviously, with that shoulder injury, we don't know the severity of it. Like, Drew speculated it could be like an AC sprain. Um, So, who knows? But point being here, don't expect to have him again. And that's another guy, like, you probably were able to ride him pretty far into your, your fantasy season. And now to not have him through the playoffs, that's pretty tough. Yeah, it's definitely unfortunate. And Gardner Minshew, like, he actually played really well in that game. I know he had a yep. couple of picks, but I didn't feel like they were, like, grossly negligent, like, passes, like, kind of just, like, unfortunate plays. Uh, for someone that was, like, living in a van, like, in the offseason, like, not I think that, that's just honestly. my choice, though. Fair. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> like, he would be doing that. He could get, like, a $100 million contract somewhere next year, and it's not going to change his lifestyle at all. Yeah, he might just leave the ignition turn so he can get a little bit of heat from every now and then. Yeah. Now, these ones I don't think are necessarily as significant. I think that these guys are going to go. Um, just wanted to mention Tony Pollard dealing with a thigh injury. Um, I, I didn't necessarily – I think I still had him ranked relatively like where I have been the last few weeks. But does him dealing with a little bit of a thigh injury, like would that bump up where you have a player like Zeke ranked? Um, I think you. Have, it's one of those things where you have to like – keep an eye on how practice goes. I actually don't know if he's going to play this week. I think okay. it's more injury, more serious than they let on. I didn't rank him for that reason. And if they have a pretty tough matchup on paper this week uh, against San Francisco, but if Pollard is out, like Zeke is a must start, like the volume that they give to their running backs is unbelievable. And it's really just those two. If one goes down, the other one just picks up the slack. So on a, on a volume basis alone, if, if Pollard's going to be out, Zeke is a must play regardless of matchup. Um, I think if Pollard can go, um, and I would be surprised if he didn't, because with Hertz being out, they very much still have a shot at that division. Um, and so, or no, they play the Titans this week. Why do I? Yeah, they're on Thursday. Like they play tomorrow. So and they, I don't think he's going to play. But well, here's the thing. Should we read into his own tweet? <laughs> because he tweeted 50 minutes ago, another week, another game, another chance to rush for some yards for St. Jude. I'm donating $15 every yard to help raise funds for their great mission. So what I'm hearing is that Pollard hates St. Jude. <laughs> so I don't know if we should read into that at all because yeah, he, he like, he hasn't practiced this week, but yeah, I also forgot that completely forgot that that's who the Titans play tomorrow. So I'm thinking like, Oh, he can still get in like limited practices, you know, Thursday and Friday or something, but that's, yeah, because he didn't practice yesterday. I haven't. He didn't practice the day before. I don't know if they did anything today. Um, I haven't seen anything. See, but... no, we cannot have he. So he's going to travel with the team and go through pregame warmups, and then a decision will be made. That can't happen. The worst case scenario for fantasy. Yeah, I'm. I... <laughs> 
Worst case scenario. The other no, one, thanks. um, like I like I was gonna allude to another running back was Aaron Jones dealing with a little bit of an ankle issue. It looked like it rolled up on him. He still played, but obviously, like, and who knows how much that's impacting the running back workloads because we've seen like they'll just give AJ Dillon like three straight series at a time anyway. And then we'll see like AJ Dillon get two on his own. Like the, I don't know what the rhyme or reason is with LaFleur's variance with the running back usage. Um, but I mean, is this something like, again, going back to what I asked you with Pollard and Zeke, like, would you maybe bump up Dillon because of this or, or where are you with Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon? Yeah. I mean, he did practice on Wednesday. Uh, so he practiced today. Uh, so that's like a really good sign because uh, they weren't sure if he would. They said that he tweaked the ankle initially in practice, and then he t- retweaked it during the game. Um, mm-hmm. AJ Dillon outsnapped him, uh, thirty-eight to twenty-five, and Patrick Taylor, their third-string guy, even got some snaps in the game last week. Um, so I think that Aaron Jones is going to be a full go. Um, the cow or the Cowboys, um, the Broncos. What am I doing? The <laughs> the Green Bay Packers. Or bought like a buzzsaw in December. Like Matt Lafleur has never lost a game in December, right? It's insane. Um, and I think that they're going to go as far as their running backs take them. Aaron Rodgers, like I thought, was really going to have a big week last week, and he was fine, but he didn't do anything magical. Um, they're really running on the the shoulders of these two guys. So I think that he'll probably get more work knowing that he's practicing. I think if he wasn't practicing through today, uh, wasn't practicing tomorrow, then I'd be more concerned. Um, but this is a basically an elimination game for him. I would say that he's their best player. Um, so they're going to do everything they can to get him ready to go. So um, if he wasn't practicing, yeah, I'd be bumping up Dylan a little bit, but I think Aaron Jones could be in for a big day. Right. And uh, then the last one I have is actually a player potentially coming back from injury, Debo Samuel, uh, who had yeah. suffered that MCL sprain, and people were like, well, that's it, probably done for, you know, at least the fantasy playoffs. I guess, like, he could theoretically have returned uh, from the original timeline in Week 18, but they were like, there's no chance of him coming back during the fantasy football season, or at least when most people have their fantasy football championships, not named Chad. Um, but Debo Samuel coming back. Hey, we were just talking about Brock Purdy, get another weapon for him in that offense if Debo Samuel's able to go. Do you think we yeah. see Debo Samuel play? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's possible they're leaving the light on for him. He's one of those guys, like, he's been in the league long enough that, like, if he doesn't necessarily practice, they'll give him kind of the go. Personally, for me, he's not going to be in fantasy lineups if I have him on a championship roster this week, just because he hasn't really had that signature Debo performance that we've seen in years past. A lot of weapons, a lot of mouths to feed. Christian McCaffrey has become, like, the primary, I don't know, ball handler in that offense. I don't know what you want to call it, but he's the main target. He's the player that they're designing the game plan around, which used to be Debo. He's been sitting in that wide receiver 20 to 24 range. Um, and like, I don't see his first game off injury really having that upside there. Um, so to me, it's going to be like one of those, Hey, like, thanks for getting me there. Ride the bench. Thank you for your contributions on the season. Um, but, uh, yeah, even if he's playing, I don't think that I feel too good about him. I didn't rank him in the top 30 this week. Um, I think that if he does come back, it's going to be in a limited capacity. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we, we've talked about it pretty much week in and week out, the lack of top 20 finishes that he's had this season uh, within that offense. So I don't think that that changes with him coming back from injury. Um, yeah, Chad mentioned also something to monitor is James Conner uh, dealing with an illness DNP on Wednesday. Now, 
it is just an illness, but at the same time, like they have, we don't know what type of illness, obviously. And also they have multiple people, him and AJ Green, both missed with an illness. So if there's like a stomach bug or something going around in there, like could we maybe not see, because this is a meaningless game for Arizona. They're not playing for anything at this point. What a disaster of a season it's been there for a team with relatively high expectations going into the year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, may, may, that is something to monitor, but that, again, would be a pretty big loss. I don't know where you have him ranked. I think he came in right around like 10 or 11 for me. Yeah, um, I've been so. ranking him pretty high just because he's such a – he gets so much volume, and especially with yep. like the backup quarterback situation they have now, um, it's like they're going to be leaning on the run a lot more. So I just really like the volume that James Conner has. He's been finding his way into the end zone really for two years now. Um, so I don't think that like this news is necessarily going to deter me from anything. Um, this week I had Connor at 11, you had him at 10. Um, yep. So I think we're pretty much on the same page there. Um, also, with quarterback situation, though, it does look like Colt McCoy, who practiced in full, would be back. Um, you know, a little bit of an upgrade from a passing standpoint over Trace McSorley. So, man, you, 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 obviously, you obviously lose the, the legs a little bit <laughs> with McSorley's mobility. But, I mean, yeah, that was that game versus Tampa, neither team deserved to win that game really but it was tough to watch there's probably some people that lost their matchup because deandre hopkins went one reception for four yards on 10 targets that's yeah, like 10 tar- insane one, one of the least efficient performances i've ever seen in my life ever like greg dorch went 10 for 98 on 11 targets mm-hmm. so respect greg dorch always but uh, also, Chad just mentioned Chris Olave, who I didn't have in here, but yeah, he got in a limited practice on Wednesday. What is your confidence level uh, playing him in like a must win game for the Saints? Plus, they need help, obviously. But yeah, I mean, they have a really good matchup on paper this week. Um, they have, uh, let me see here. So Philly has been pretty porous on the on the receiving end of things. So they're giving up 30 points per game to uh, quarterbacks, 38.8. Uh, to receivers. Um, so I think that it's a solid matchup. I could see him as a flex play. Um, Raheem Shahid has been kind of like the primary receiver out of nowhere for them. And I feel like that's the, the song and dance that we've been saying about the Saints for a couple of years now. It's like they find these random guys to pop off for like a few weeks. And then it's kind of like they find the next one. They find the next one. They just can't find anybody to really be the guy since Michael Thomas has been banged up. Um, I think the key is just being able to keep Dalton on his feet. Um, the offense has just been disappointing as a whole, and they're not getting a lot of uh, just getting a lot of points. Like they're moving the ball well, but they're not really doing a lot with it. So um, I put him in that like low end wide receiver two, definitely a flex option. Um, but I don't think that he's a top play for the week by any means. Uh, Shahid averaging a cool nineteen point seven yards per reception right now. So ridiculous out of nowhere. Um, all right. Well. What other headlines do we got that maybe weren't injury related? I, I alluded to one of them already. So, yeah. So uh, Derek Carr obviously uh, riding the pine pony now. Um, so I don't know if it's injury related, performance related, but a guy that just had five thousand yards last season, um, getting replaced for Jared Sidham. We've seen what he's done in New England. Wasn't anything impressive. I don't see how this makes them better for the now, better for the future. Um, I don't think he's going to all of a sudden turn it around. He obviously has the familiarity with the offense because he has that history with the head coach. But honestly, I hate the move. Um, I think at least from what we've seen from Derek Carr throughout the season, 
you can tell that that dude really cares about this team. He's a great leader. Um, and just uh, from a mental health perspective of the game, like I think he really is like one of the, the best players in the league. It's just being like, all right, like here's how things are going. I'm going to be open about how I'm feeling about things and just kind of like speaking to that. Um, so just to turn around and just kind of like spit in his face at the end of the season, um, to me, it just doesn't make any sense. Didn't understand the hire at all for Vegas and it's obvious why they've kind of like blown up in their face about it. So I hate it. Um, I think this impacts Devonte Adams a lot. Um, I think this is an uptick for Josh Jacobs. They're going to be leaning on the run a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's yeah. just, it's weird. This is a, well, it obviously, you know, like with them being out of it now, the Raiders being out of it could help them from a draft position but also if if Carr were to get hurt his 40 million would become guaranteed next season they obviously don't want that to happen um they're probably going to move on so from that standpoint whatever but again for somebody that you know has given the organization as much as he has um you know while they haven't had necessarily the results he hasn't been the reason why they've never been a top 20 team on the defensive side of the football they're 32nd uh, actually since overall since he's gotten there yeah. um in 2000 what year did he become the starter there? 2014 he was drafted or something like that? 2014 or 15? Let me see. Um, I was just looking at this literally. I don't know why I typed it in. Dan, Orla Dan Orlovsky's a big uh, Derek Carr advocate, so I was looking at what he was putting out today. Yeah, well, we've about uh, talked about it today, and it's like Derek Carr, Like, I don't think he was ever going to be like the top five in the league kind of guy. I think at his peak, he can fit into that like six to 10 range. Um, but he's been in Oakland since 2014. 2014. Um, yep. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, he's he's done his time. I mean, they've I mean, obviously had some good years with him where he's made the Pro Bowl. Um, uh, was an MVP, like third place. 2016. Year. That was yeah, the year he yeah. broke his leg before the playoffs. Right. But that year, yeah, he was balling. Yeah, so it's just like the dude's obviously done well. Um, Forty eight hundred yards last year. It's like all, and it's not like he had like a a crazy touchdown percentage or anything like that. Like I don't know. I just I feel like he could be like a Kirk Cousins and like go to another team and like really do well. Um, it'll be interesting to yeah, see. Chad like, saying the box, the box. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think Colts, like, obviously, I think everybody's going to say Colts that just jump off the map. Like, you think about a team whose roster you feel like, for the most part, is kind of in place, but they don't have, like, the draft capital necessarily. Um, like, I don't know. People are throwing the Panthers out there as well. I, I think the Panthers want to finally go the draft route, but uh, we'll see. Yeah. Um, real quick, I do want to answer this one Greg Dortch or Romeo Dobbs off of waivers? Ooh, um, I think that the Dobbs thing is going to be a one-hit wonder. Um, I don't like their matchup against Atlanta. They've been really locked down against the passing game, only allowing 18.6 points per game um, in the last three weeks. Um, Minnesota is absolutely porous in all facets of defense. Um, so uh, Dobbs obviously has a little bit more competition, um, being that um, you have Watson and uh, Alan Lazard there. Um, I think that Green Bay and Minnesota are looking like a shootout potential kind of game, despite the fact that Green Bay's defense is really shored up in the last couple of weeks. They gave up some big plays against Miami, but overall been really good. Um, but Minnesota can score. They can get scored on. Um, so if I'm choosing between the two, definitely give me Dobbs. He kind of has a little bit more rapport with um, with Rodgers. And then going back to Colt McCoy starting 
in place of McSorley. Maybe if it was the same QB going in week to week, I could see it. Um, but I I don't think that that's going to be – I think you're chasing points if you're going after uh, Greg Dorch this week. Yeah, I'm in full agreement. I mean, I would rather have a guy that's like, you know, third or so on the pecking order for touches, well, in the passing game in, in, in Romeo Dobbs than Dorch, who's like the second or third option with Colt McCoy as the quarterback. So, yeah. What the – hey, Wallace, come on. We're saying Romeo Dobbs. That's the answer. At least spell Greg Dorch's name right if you're going to play him. Respect Greg Dorch. Yeah. All right, so staying within the division, um, we had a coach who get fired this week, uh, Nathaniel Hackett. Um, I think it's pretty impressive to be able to get fired in your first year as a head coach, um, but the Broncos have been absolutely horrendous. Um, they've obviously dealt with a slew of injuries, losing Javante Williams. Um, both of their star receivers have been hurt in different times throughout the year. Russell Wilson, ego, um, everything else. Um, so we'll, we'll see where this lands. Um, but uh, yeah. Um, so would, do you think that that has any impact in the last couple of weeks? Do you think Russ is going to finally be able to cook? Um, but uh, like, where do, where do you feel like, do you have any confidence at all in Come Denver on. now that he's been fired? He his cooking he cooked the turkey from Christmas vacation. That's Ross cooking. Oh man, what about the three touchdowns that he had two weeks ago? Broken clock is right twice a day. Listen, I've been you. You can attest to this. I have been out on Ross before this season. That's true. Now, now yeah. I didn't expect it would be as bad as it has been there, but I have been out on Ross for some time. Um, I just I don't think that a coaching change. You know, whoever it's going to be the interim guy is the guy that was brought in like week two to help with uh, like game management decisions yeah, and stuff like that by Hackett. So I think that their next first off, it's not a desirable place for the next head coach. You go into a situation without like the draft capital capital um, right. for the next couple of years that Denver doesn't have. Um, but I think that that's going to be pivotal to get whatever is left out of Ross the most that you can. But for the rest, of the, like, no, absolutely not the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's it's shocking just thinking about like how everybody was so excited about uh, Denver going into the season. Even just thinking about that game on Saturday or Sunday, it was like, all right, like Denver Rams Christmas Day, like going into the year, you probably thought that was going to be a huge game. And then they were both four and ten. And it's like, how did we get here, guys? Like, this is mm-hmm. very bizarre. Yeah. Uh, hey, the Rams showed up ready to ball out on Christmas, but. Yeah, uh, I want to ask Chad just because of the comments that he's putting in here about Hackett. Now, do you not even like him from like an offensive coordinator standpoint, or do you and you just think he wasn't cut out to be a coach, or do you think that he's like a fraud of a coordinator too and was just carried um, by by Aaron Rodgers, obviously getting him that job with Denver? Curious about that. But we can, we can keep going until he answers. Yeah, yeah, we got time. All right, so yeah, so those were the two big ones for uh, week sixteen. Um, let's transition over to Tinder. Um, wow, doesn't even like him as a cowboy. That's pretty tough. So um, yeah. yeah, so if you haven't watched the show before, um, this is Fantasy Football Tinder. Each week we find three profiles that we're going to swipe left or swipe right on. Um, so what you'll see on the screen as we pop it up here um, is we have our little Tinder board. Um, it's going to get super seated um, on Zach's face there. So. That's pretty cool. Um, and then if we like what we're seeing, uh, if we're going to continue to uh, wanting to show interest in this player, see what we have for this week, we're going to swipe right, which you'll see with the green heart. And if we're not really putting 
feeling the vibes that they're putting out. We want to swipe left, find some other options. We are going to swipe left, which you'll see with the red X. So our first profile that we're going to look at is Cam Akers. We talked a little bit about him at the beginning of the show. Um, but this past week, he had 23 carries, 118 yards, three touchdowns, two receptions, 29 receiving yards. He's been on quite the tear lately. Um, so how are you feeling about those L.A. Showtime Akers going into <laughs> championship week? I like that. That's a good one. That's yeah, maybe. Um, I mean, I, I mentioned him a little bit previously when we were talking about like a suitable replacement, if you can find one for Derrick Henry. Um, I like Akers as like an RB2 this week. I mean, I like the matchup uh, going against the Chargers who have given up the eighth most points on the season. I know that that's not necessarily what, – what is it like the last three weeks though? Yeah, it's crazy because the Chargers like woke up and remembered that they have like all these good defensive pieces all of a sudden um, out of nowhere. I know they've been – they yeah. are the injuries uh, are obviously like, always a thing with them. But, oh, for sure. Yeah. They're only giving up 15.4 points per game in full PPR in the last three weeks, which puts them as the fourth toughest matchup um, on paper. But as so we saw last true. week, Donta Foreman did not care about any of that sitting on my bench, putting up a nice <laughs> 24 piece. Um, I think the volume side of it, like it's kind of hard to leave him on the bench at this point. He played 100% of the snaps in the first three drives. Um, and he yeah. never really plays on like third downs and is even getting the third down work. You look at all the injuries, like we said, to the receiving room. All they really have left for, like, professionals on this team is, like, Tutu Atwell, which is, like, meh. You have um, uh, Tyler Higby, who's, like, having, like, another two-touchdown game this past week. Um, mm -hmm. So, like, they don't really have anywhere else to go. And I don't think they want Baker Mayfield really doing too much. They don't want him to be put in situations where he's uncomfortable. Um, yeah, he's been on the team for a few weeks now, but just like hand the ball off, take chances when you can, and they're really leaning on the run game. Um, but yeah, I, I like the matchup too. I think um, he was apparently available in 30% of ESPN leagues. So you might've been able to snatch him up on waivers, which is shocking to me. Um, but yeah, he could be a potential league winner here. Um, it's I think that's the thing too is you would have thought going against Denver, not that great of a matchup, but like, right. you know, volume is going to be king here and carry 147 yards and three touchdowns against them. I just, I think it's too hard to ignore. I'm not saying, you know, like RB1, this is elite winner type guy, but I, I think that you could do a lot worse as your RB2. Yeah, I mean, 49 snaps to Kyron Williams had eight. Malcolm Brown had seven. Ronnie Rivers had one. He ran 20 routes, which really isn't normally Cam Akers' game, um, but um, he's getting the targets. He's getting the carries, like, it's not a bad place to be. I mean, Sean McVay, great offensive mind. He's got to find a way to score points, and Akers seems to be finally out of his doghouse. So props for him. I mean, I was like thought this guy was going to be out of football whenever they were like, all right, like right, we're just not playing him. He's not even going to dress. Like, maybe we'll trade him, but who cares? But yeah, he's balling. Um, yeah, Chad, by the way, being our nice little uh... – giving us inside info. I feel like it's kind of, if anybody's ever watched the Pat McAfee show, like this is kind of like the tone digs role here. He's just giving us breaking news <laughs> on the internet as we do the show. Uh, as part of the discussions that took place over the last few days, both sides concluded that it was best Raiders Derek Carr step away the final two games to avoid the obvious distractions. He won't practice and will be listed as not injury related for the rest of the season. It's a pretty good way to get paid over the holidays, man. I'm here for that. Yeah. So the last pass that he threw as a Raider was intercepted by Cameron Sutton to seal a Steelers victory on Christmas Eve. Fantastic basket catch, by the way. Let me just say that. Mm -hmm. Really good. All right, so you swiped right on Acres, yeah? Yeah, I'm swiping right. All right, cool. I'll swipe right, too. All right, um, keeping the theme with the running backs. Um, so if we blank out real quick. Um, so we had a very interesting situation to shape out in Tampa Bay this past week. 
Um, so Leonard Fournette kind of had a resurgence in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers victory. So he paced yes. the team. He had 72 rushing yards, 90 receiving yards, and then ended up winning the game in overtime. So this question is really for the guy who's been getting the start in the last five games, Rashad White. Are you waving the white flag in this championship league? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Um, I think that – like best case scenario, he's a flex play. But if you're at this point in the season, you probably have a better option to me. Uh, it's such a shame because I like Rashad White so much as a player. But like, I, again, volume is king. Fournette got a ton of it in this game. I'm not sure exactly like what happened, uh, but Fournette did look effective. And if it, it's crazy because he literally tweeted and then deleted said tweet that he's been dealing with a Liz Frank injury. Um, I'm assuming the team probably got in touch with him about it and said, delete that tweet, please. But he was listed with a foot injury prior to but he looked very effective uh yeah. in this game for a game with very little offense he was one of the better players on the field 20 carries nine receptions you mentioned 90 receiving yards which is a shame from the white side of that because that's kind of like what Rashad White came into the NFL as thought he was going to at least have the receiving role for that team uh right. if Leonard Fournette's going to be like the second leading receiver on the team in general he has the second most receptions on the team season long, not just in this game. Um, that's not a good sign for White, obviously. But, you know, obviously we're, we're dwindling down anyway. So who knows what next year will bring, but at least for the rest of the season, uh, I, I I am waving the white flag on Rashad. Oh, man. Yeah, it's yeah. interesting. So I was thinking the same thing as you. I'm also going to swipe uh, left on Rashad White, but it's for a different reason. So if you saw that game, they don't rotate the backs based on like situation so it's like kind of like how they do it in, Cl in cleveland where it's like this is a nick chubb drive this is a kareem hunt drive what happened this past week um all the way up until the fourth quarter where they were doing a little more hurry up trying to mix things up all of the long drives just happened to be when fournette was on the field so it wasn't like they were avoiding using white it was just like if they're rotating and like fournette just had like the better drives then it kind of just like shaped out that way. And I think that they're going to continue to do that. Um, what I will say though, is that this offense, like for all the weapons that they have on paper, the lack of offensive line that they have on that is absolutely crippling this offense. Like the fact that they only put up 19 this past week, like it was astonishing. And Brady looked terrible last week. Until future he Steelers like, OC, Byron Leftwich. Oh, I thought you were going to say future Steelers OC, Tom Brady. <laughs> um, but no, please don't hire Leftwich. Um, he's about as creative as the two crayons they give you at Eaton Park. Um, but yeah, it's just like he, up until that final drive, like he didn't look great at all. Um, Carolina, they got absolutely throttled. Oh, they absolutely throttled last week against the Lions who have been stout, but I think Carolina is going to hold them. It's going to be a low scoring game. Um, both I feel like not great about. So I would be swiping left on the whole backfield um, just because that offense okay. is in such a wall. So, um, yeah, wave that flag, baby. All right. Um, so third and final profile, I think this one hurt a lot of the family, fantasy football community as well. Um, but our next profile here is uh, Justin Herbert. Um, so he her burnt a lot of people last week um, with his performance. Um, so if we're looking at his stats, um, he finished with 235 yards. Um, he had five uh, rushing attempts for one yard, finished with like about seven fantasy points. Um, he had a pretty solid matchup on paper against Indianapolis. But um, if you're looking at his performances, um, he hasn't really done anything that's been like to what he was being drafted as since week 12. Um, so right. he's had back-to-back 
Last week, he was quarterback number 30. The week before against Tennessee, um, he was quarterback 25. Um, so going against the Rams this week, how are you feeling? Um, I know we both still had him in the top 10, but I don't know if that was yeah. just out of like necessity. He's like the ECR rankings on Fantasy Pros. They have him at six. Um, the much better rankings from around the 412 Fantasy Football. Um, we had him at eight. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm. what do you think about him? Hey, I bet you we're going to be closer to where he finishes. Um, yeah, I mean, name and potential are going to obviously carry him. Plus, there actually is a it, like a lot of the top quarterbacks do have tougher matchups this week. Uh, yeah. When I was looking at it, so um, but yeah, Justin Herbert, I think he's just playing better real life football than fantasy football. Like he he has he has one or none touchdowns in four straight weeks at this point. Um, yeah. Do you think that's because of up? the um? Do you think that's because of the the rib injury? Like they don't want him holding that's... the ball, like because it's like I thought that like it's been long enough that he's been would be healed, but um yeah, it's a lot of dink know. and dunk, which is kind yeah. of wild because you know you have a field stretcher and Mike Williams and like the technician and, and Keenan Allen, but they're really not utilizing that that stretching down the field of Mike Williams to open up anything. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, maybe it is, maybe that he is a little bit limited physically, and that's why the offense has looked the way that it has i mean you know they still they won that game they're in the playoffs and everything like that but justin right. herbert from a fantasy standpoint just hasn't provided that value in the rams they've only given up two passing touchdowns over the last three weeks total so yeah, 13.9 points in the last three weeks so mm-hmm. it's tough out i there. so i'm gonna say i i know i st- yeah i still ranked him relatively high I think he snaps out of it a little bit. Like, I think he throws multiple touchdowns this week. I think he has like a borderline top 10 finish. So I, I guess I will, what am I, what am I doing on this then? If I think he kind of breaks that streak. I would say swipe right on it. You willing to give it okay. another chance of love. I yeah. realized that I never actually uploaded the swipe right for him. So I'm trying to do that now. There it is. <laughs> uh, yeah. Tinder glitched a little bit there. Um, yeah. For me, I think, uh, it's tricky because like if we're thinking about like options that may be on the waiver wire, um, maybe somebody like uh, Mike White, maybe I don't think uh, Jared Goff is going to be on the waivers, but I really like his matchup this week. I think for me, like it is frustrating to see those kind of flop performances in the playoffs um, and they could have a lot of negative impacts, um, but yeah, I'm still going to ride with him. I'm going to swipe right as well. Um, like you said, it's not like he's playing bad football. It's just it's not translating into fantasy points. Um, I think that you can get cute and overthink it. I did that last week playing um, uh, Davis Mills over Jared Goff because of matchups. Um, and I lost by four points in a dynasty league that I probably should have won. Um, but such is life, and you can get too cute with it and – I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, there's a lot of luck involved in winning fantasy. Uh, if you're in the championship, um, you got to ride your dogs out to the finish um, and hope that, yeah, he hasn't had them the numbers in the last couple of weeks, but he's one of those guys that can turn it on any given Sunday. Yeah, and I, I do want to say, you know, obviously the Rams defense, they've, they've held quarterbacks back a little bit, but two of those three games, Raiders and Broncos. So pack right. your sandwich in between. Good deal. 
All right, so mixed bag on the Tinder game. Totally fine. Um, we're classy gents like that. So now to get a little bit less classy, we're going to transition to our only fantasy segment of the show. Um, and in this segment, we select one profile or one player for the week um, so that we are going to say, all right, this is my guy. He's going to kill it, and he's going to bring home the championship trophy for me. Um, so usually, uh, start with our boy Drew. He's on by this week. Um, so, uh, I guess that makes you the de facto OnlyFans one because you had a better performance <laughs> than me. So I'll let you start it off. Uh, yeah. I, well, Hey, Chad, I can't pick Nico Collins. Who's on IR at this point. So unfortunate, Tough. but, uh, yeah, last week I had Najee Harris finished as RB 13 with 15 and a half. He had uh, 16 carries on the ground for 53 yards. But uh, PPR formats, he was able to save his day, added six receptions for 42 yards there. Um, you know, hey, he gets in the end zone. That's a top 10 finish. Obviously, yeah. if some butts were candy and nuts, we would have all had a merrier Christmas. But uh, Najee Harris, not a bad performance, but not obviously the performance that I expected uh, honoring Franco Harris with the weather conditions the way they were. I would not have anticipated Kenny Pickett throwing 39 times in that football game. But here we are. Um, so, yeah, kind of a, a mid pick uh by me i am going for a home run this week dalton schultz the cowboys tight end is my pick um he hasn't necessarily put together a performance this season that would warrant this other than maybe his two touchdown performance against the giants he's only scored three touchdowns this season all three of those came in the month of november uh, like i said two touchdown game against the giants on or november 24th he also had one on november 13th but the Titans are giving up 23.2 points per game to tight ends over the last three weeks. They're also 31st on the season in total in terms of passing yards per game. Um, sixth most on the year to tight ends. They are second worst versus the pass. Like I said, he's approaching a 50 uh, reception, 500-yard season, despite the way he started out the season uh, with the injuries, obviously all the mouths to feed in Dallas. Um, this is kind of just to me, me throwing a shot in the dark on a great matchup and a player that I really like coming into the season and said would be a top five player at the position. So, yeah, yeah, I think that the injuries in the middle of the season really wrecked that. Um, but the potential is definitely there. It'll be interesting. Did, did they already sign him to an extension or is he like a candidate to be? No. Uh, yeah, like he's a, looking for a new deal. OK, so he's potentially somebody that could get like a franchise tag kind of situation potentially. Yeah. Gotcha. OK, cool. All right. Well, let's get the immaculate Dalton Schultz hair off the screen um, goals. All right. So last week I had selected Darius Slayton. Um, he had six targets, four receptions, 79 yards. I was really disappointed, honestly, because what I wanted to happen was great. It just happened to the wrong player. Isaiah Hodgins had eight receptions, 89 <laughs> yards and a TD. Never even heard of the guy in my life. Um, and then comes out and does me dirty like that. But Slayton played fine. Um, we'll take it. Um, double digit points, but like wide receiver 30. So is what it is. I had him ranked like wide receiver 15. Um, in the spirit of going for all of the marbles here, uh, my selection this week is going to be Tyler Algier. Um, so in the last two weeks, he's really picked up uh, his game. So uh, week 15 against New Orleans, who I consider to be a pretty good run defense, 17 carries, 139 yards. Um, and then he also had that touchdown. He was running back eight in PPR this past week against Baltimore, 18 carries, 74 yards. He also had four receptions, 43 yards. He was wide receiver. Wide receiver. I don't know, my brand is just not here. Um, running back 12 with 16 fantasy points. If we're looking at the matchup this week for Algier, uh, let me pull up the chart real quick. Um, so they have a good matchup on paper. It, Arizona, um, they're giving up 35.6 
points per game in the last three weeks. We saw what uh, Leonard Fournette did the week before Latavius Murray had a pretty good game. Um, and then uh, Ramondre Stevenson played pretty solid the week prior to that. Um, so I really like that matchup, especially because Arizona has been a little bit more stout on the passing game. And I think too, just thinking about the dynamic that they have in Atlanta right now with the new quarterback, I don't think Desmond Ritter's really been all that impressive. They've even throw Felipe Franks in there from time to time. So they're going to be leaning heavily on the ground game. I think he's going to get a lot of work. Um, and I think he's going to find the end zone. So should be a good matchup. Um, and I have him as a high-end running back too this week. Yeah, if there's one thing that Atlanta's been able to do this year, it's it's been run the ball. And, you yeah. know, obviously, Cordero Patterson, I don't think he's necessarily looked as effective coming back from that knee issue. Sure. And the other running back they had who looked pretty good, Huntley, has, you know, he got hurt and is out for right. the rest of the year, was put on IR. So, uh, yeah, I think Algier, big beneficiary there. He also he finished right around uh, Najee last week. So I saw his name. Um, and I like his matchup this week, so I can definitely get on board with that. While we don't have a DFS for you this week without Drew, I will say, hey, Tyler Algier, maybe some of these other guys that we talked about through only fantasy and Tinder, maybe you throw them in your lineups. Maybe yeah, for sure. Your that way. Yeah, I think if just looking at some like juicy matchups that you have this week, um, like I said, Jared Goff. Uh, having a home game, final home game of the year. He's been balling out. Um, he's somebody I've picked for only fantasy multiple times. Has the third best matchup on paper against Chicago. They've been very porous, especially since they traded Roquan Smith. That's defense has kind of fallen apart. Um, who did they play last week? Do you recall? Who Detroit? Uh, no, Chicago. <sighs> Bills. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So um, Cook goes. He had a like a 20, 30 yard rushing touchdown and. They were saying on Twitter that, like, in flag football, that still would have been a touchdown because the front seven <laughs> was just, like, so, like, just rough. Um, uh, a couple other options of the quarterback position. Um, if you wanted to get really desperate, Mac Jones is a def- decent matchup against Miami. Um, but I don't know if I'd feel too confident in that. Um, from the running back perspective, uh, we already mentioned Algier. Um, Saquon's probably going to be a popular pick for DFS lineups this week. Um, Indianapolis has been pretty tough against the ground. Um, Travis Etienne has a good matchup against Houston. Um, and then Jarek McKinnon is looking to be like a huge league winner. I mean, Denver giving up 34.6 points in the last three weeks. And the way that they're just utilizing him in the red zone, like it, it's just pretty magical to watch. Um, someone who may not be on the radar as much who I think is going to have a good week, Donta Foreman. Um, he, I think he's going to follow it up with another strong week, a little bit better matchup on paper. Mm-hmm. Looking at the receivers, um, it's a shame if – Tannehill was playing. I might have picked Traylon Burks for my fantasy only fantasy this week. 54.2 points against two Dallas. Um, The Giants, again, have another solid matchup, so maybe you can dart throw it um, with one of the Giants receivers again. Um, But I think that a lot of the good teams, they're playing tough games this week. So it's going to be interesting to see how, from a fantasy perspective, how that output is going to match up. Um, Other than that, um, defense is – I'll tell you – Go There's ahead. a receiver that I kind of like, Drake London. Uh, at least six receptions and 70 yards in three straight weeks. Two of those weeks with Desmond Ritter. So. Yeah, he's had a very good bookend season. So, like, he started off hot the first three weeks of the season, kind of f- disappeared in the middle, um, then he's had a strong finish to the year. Um, Ch- Chad is saying to watch out because Miami torments New England. Um, so that's also fair. Um, and I think that they are – in Miami, yeah. Or no, it's a home game, so it's in New England. Um, Perryman so. and Chandler Jones on IR, uh, to Chad's point, if you're looking at, at, you know, like a Brock Purdy for DFS too. Yeah. 
And then from like a defensive perspective, really like in Kansas City this week against Denver, um, Denver's been giving up a lot of points. Um, so if you can go with that, you can. I know I picked them up on waivers in a league that I'm in the championship for. Um, and then Mason or is it Mason Crosby? Yeah, kicker for Green Bay. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So Minnesota's giving up over 12 points per game, pretty much all season against kickers. So anybody against Minnesota that's kicking the ball, you know, put up some points. So he's also probably like- available. It seemed like you were torn on saying Mason Cole or Sidney Crosby. You know, it was really hard for me, honestly. <laughs> um, but it is what it is. But, yeah, so definitely some good options out there. Um, it should be a fun week. Um, so if you're in the championship, honestly, best of luck um, getting this far as an accomplishment. Hopefully you're able to get it over the line. I've got two title belts that I'm looking to get, a couple of third-place ribbons as well. Um, but yeah, I just want to say thanks to everybody for tuning in for this season. Um, we'll be doing a yep. recap and help people out that are on that week 18 grind cause they just can't get enough. But, uh, yeah, very thankful. It's been a fun year. Um, so really thankful for it. Yeah. Been a blast. Everybody that's tuned in. I mean, Chad, one of the biggest supporters that we got in the YouTube, um, but everybody that watches on YouTube live or watches it back or listens to the show on any of the various platforms you can get it from. We can't thank you enough for for making us one of your places to get some fantasy advice and just have conversations. Um, maybe you don't take a single piece of advice away from what we say, but just being a part of it and chiming in, giving your opinion on what we say, we appreciate it. So, um, other than that, I do want to mention the uh, GoFundMe that will be linked uh, in the description of this, wherever you're watching or listening, for the two year old daughter of one of my friends who tragically passed away in October of this year. Uh, her name is Isla, and there's a GoFundMe that was created to go towards her future. Right around $34,000 has been raised in the couple months that that's been going. It's going to stay open for a long time, and I'm going to keep talking about it on here. So the uh, link to that GoFundMe will be in the description of this. If you can help out, help out. If you can share it, share it. So um, thank you, everybody that's been a part of that already or in the future will be a part of it in advance. I'm thanking you. So, um Chad, one last comment he had to get in here. First off, have a great new year. Can one of you head over to PPG Paints Arena and tell Brian Russ to stop costing me money? What is Brian Russ doing to cost you money? What do you? I don't know. I'm going to play bingo tonight, so I actually can't help you. Um, but I was thinking, uh, you know about what? I don't want to. But don't want to plug here. But like Brian Rust is somebody that has been on around the four one two, not the fantasy show, obviously, but the regular show. So, do you maybe, maybe we can get him? If you really want me to tell him that, I could tell him that. Be Russ, we need you for the recap. <laughs> uh, but other than that, like Joe said, thank you, everybody, that's been a part of this season. It's been a lot of fun. you got one more week with us to, to go over. Uh, recap, obviously, the season up to this point for people like Chad that are playing in week 18 for whatever reason. So uh, we'll be back next week, uh, hopefully with Drew. And again, send your thoughts and prayers, him and his wife, Zane, his way. Uh, if you are somebody that does pray, if not, just your well wishes and thoughts. Um, but until next week, for Smitty, for Drew, uh, I'm going to say Drew right there. For Smitty and Joe, we'll talk to you next week. And bye-bye.